Well, hello, hello, hello. We are excited um, and present in our space here within Chicago, and we are bringing you South Shore Speaks. My name is Kalana Dion, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Regina Atar-Weed today. And as we continue our Mental Health Awareness Month and the celebration of community health in general, then we want to share with you all different aspects and sides of being a healthy individual in mental health. So Dr. Regina is going to give us a little bit about herself, but before I want you all to know that she is special, she is dynamic, she has a lot of information and a whole lot more education. She has a background in metaphysics and, and astrology, as well as several master's degrees, one most recent being in that she is a licensed um, in marriage and family therapy. So Dr. Regina Weed, would you please introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about um, your background and what you would like all of us to know about the goodness of you? All righty then. Thank you, Kalana. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. I'm again, Regina Atara Weed. Um, I have been a marriage and family therapist for about 15 years. I have a background, as you mentioned, in astrology for probably as long as I've been living, as well as uh, on metaphysics, which is where my doctorate actually comes from. Um, I have been in every field you can imagine. I've been an HR director. I've been, you know, the director of Freddie Mac. I've been all over the place with that, but my home specialty is psychology and therapy. This is where I feel I make the biggest contribution, not only into community mental health, but individual work, working with children, working with families, working with couples. So this is where I'm grounded. And I was glad that you asked me to come and see if I can make any contributions to understanding the mental state in our in our world right now, especially with COVID, and whether or not I can give you some insights into how to cope or navigate or understand, let me just say that, understand the concept of mental health. Now, I'm not sure if this is just for African-Americans or for all people, but in particular, that's my, my focus, my direction. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, and so there, there you hear it, people. We are talking with an expert, and that's what we like to make sure that we bring you all expertise, information, but just really candid, everyday people who want to give back to the community and make sure that we are balanced and healthy and, and wealthy in all areas and aspects of life. So, doctor, would you please share with us um, a lot of us don't even know what mental health is. Conceptualize it, analyze it. We try to talk about it and go through and figure it out. And we think everything that has to do with something that could be right or wrong in our brains, it deals a little bit with mental. And so there are seven dimensions of mental health, which I read about. I am not the expert in it at all, but I would like for you to expand upon that a little bit um, on all the different areas of mental health and maybe why we sometimes have it just so wrong. 
Well, I'm not sure you have it wrong, and I'm not so sure that all those um, stages that you might have read about um, actually focuses on all the right things because, you know, lots of writing and people's opinions going on. But mental health actually is just a state of well-being where a person just kind of, you know, they're able to realize their abilities, they can cope with normal stresses of life, they can work pretty much productively, and they're able to make the contribution to their community. So it usually includes just emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And how it affects all those areas that you mentioned are all tied up into that. Um, so how it affects, it affects how we think and feel and act. And, and again, it determines how we handle stress, how we relate to other people, what kind of choices we might make. And again, it's very important at every stage of life from being a child and have mental health challenges to you know being an adolescent and teenage years and on up to you know end of life issues. So yes, you have the biological factors dealing with, and I think this is where we can get kind of confused too, because there are different areas in terms of mental health. There's situational issues regarding mental health. And then there's also chemistry, chemical reactions in our physical body that we might be just thinking is situational, but actually is chemical in nature. So there's biological factors, which includes your gene, your genetics, um, your brain chemistry issues. And then there are just life experiences such as trauma or abuse and all those kind of things. So it's a complicated, you know, you're not by yourself and not you know, thinking, oh God, do we have what this really is, entails, it's complicated. And as complicated depends on uh, who you are, as well as, you know, what your circumstances are in life in general. Does that make sense or do you need? It does. No, no, that that does. it. Um, and so I hope to all of our listeners that you are taking lots of notes as I am and uh, making sure that we have the information that we need to support our families, because once you are educated and enlightened about an area, then it is definitely, and I'm sure that you can agree to this, um, Dr. Um, Regina Tarawi, that you, you want to investigate and know for your Yourself. And so just you listening for all of you all that are taking part of this in our South Street community in Chicago or nationwide, it is taking a step in the right direction to have the information for yourself. So I applaud you for that. And thank you again for sharing with us. The next question that we want to have you answer for us is um, just what plagues the African-American community the most? Um, is there one specific area or is there um, one area that, you know, plagues us more and has us focused on more of an issue? And why might that be? Well, just kind of going back to what we were talking about in terms of definitions and maybe what you were reading is a little skewed is that I'm um, in particular on the South, since you are in South, suburbs, I mean, south side of Chicago, the definition in most cases isn't completely accurate for African-Americans due to the unique experiences of slavery, Jim Crow, and the continual assault on our mental, physical health, generally. I mean, some of us have managed to push forward through sheer will, 
the strong messages from our elders and that kind of thing, giving us foundational hope and making us move forward. But again, the number one thing that's gonna, that has plagued us in terms of us being able to look forward and have a good state of mind, like I said, situationally, especially, is poverty. That's the first problem that we, we have. Um, overall, in the African-American community, racism itself is a problem because it doesn't provide a structure for us to absolutely overcome the poverty premise, right? So someone needs to be at the bottom in capitalism, so they have to choose somebody. So African-Americans typically are, I would say our mental health challenges start with poverty. The premise, someone needs to be at that bottom, and again, which incidentally is why we were stolen in the first place, but due to the financial upward mobility, the majority of us are living in poverty, and so we're, we're left with poor diets, lack of a good environmental um, situation, uh, and which often leads to a poor mentality. So poverty, even though it's not classified in the DSM-5 as an actual mental health problem, that is the root cause of depression in our community. Well, it's the root cause of the number one mental health challenge, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. We are a community plagued with that because of A, the situation we find ourselves in in terms of poverty. A lot of us have managed to you know, overcome that and come out on the other side where we're not just poor, but PTSD is a huge problem as a result of, again, racism, being held back. There's just so many things that point us in the direction of being depressed. <laughs> number number two, post-traumatic stress disorder is number one probably in terms of actual mental health diagnoses in the DSM-5. But again, PTSD is a result of 250 years of slavery, 50 years of Jim Crow, where you lose self-esteem, and on and on it goes, right? Nobody, you know, it's like driving while black, you know, walking while exactly. black. These are all challenges to our mental health that we, because we're in the skin we're in, is very challenging to, to not deal with it. You don't know whether the stress is coming from you sometimes or because of the collective consciousness of African-American people with all the things that we're dealing with simply because of our skin color. So PTSD is going rampant in the African-American community because it's untreated. People don't go and, I mean, kids are seeing other kids getting killed on the street. They're hearing about George Floyd. We're, we're all living through all these nightmarish kind of situations, but we're not getting any treatment for that. And as mm -hmm. long as you don't have treatment for it, and you're under the guise of a poverty paradigm, which is where some people make it out and can get a good decent job and make money. And, but the majority of us are not able to get out because we're at that economic level where they won't let us out. We can't get out. We don't have self-esteem, which is another mental health challenge that is again, a result of racism and just the whole paradigm that they have us in we have self-esteem problems. So 
that often leads to poor housing, lack of appropriate education. No doors are really left open for us with those things. So then we move on from the uh, self-esteem, which in and of itself is a diagnosis, but depression. If we're not really handling the PTSD properly and acknowledging it, we can acknowledge what's happened, but we tend to fluff it off. Like it doesn't mean anything. Okay, there are actual treatment exactly. programs for PTSD. PTSD. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we call it one of those is dialectical behavioral therapy, where you actually have to learn how to live in the present moment. And then you're taught that through that process, how to be here now, how to live today. And then it's, it teaches you how to coping mechanisms and how to handle some of the things that are being handed your way. So it teaches you how to you know, fluctuate your mood and adjust your mood. Because then without that, then it can often genetically in some families, there's bipolar disorder, right? As yes. a result of poverty, again, not eating the right things, the mother's not doing. So it becomes a chemical disorder of the brain. So we, we, we're sending people to jail when in actuality, they might be bipolar. Or you think they're an alcoholic when actually they're just self-medicating. So there's a lot of self medicating in our community as a result of PTSD, which is to me, poverty, PTSD, that's next. And then everything, all the other diagnoses flow from those problems. So we, we have a, a lot of work to do in terms of being able to acknowledge what has happened to us as a group of people, and then taking steps towards trying to, as individuals, really address that. Because, you know, in our community, people say, you know, just sit down and shut up or, you know, just keep that to mm -hmm. yourself. Because we that's the whole thing, again, from the Jim Crow area, right? We got a chance to come out of slavery we go directly into, okay, well, now we can act like white people. And then, you know, and then so we just are accustomed to stuffing our emotions down. And we teach this to our children who can't express their fears or what they saw at school or they just learn how to you know keep it moving that's what we do how to keep so. it right how to mask it and to keep it moving and I think that those who would would call themselves successful or mm -hmm. would are at having a balanced, um, you know, lifestyle or, or mental health or, or even just being able to deal with life, um, as you said, driving while Black, um, as you said, just having to go to school, being a young man, not knowing if you are going to get stopped, accosted um, by um, law enforcement, or if you're a young woman um, in recent cases and you're going to be um, hurt um, or by bullying and then you have to defend yourself and you can't even call on law enforcement um, because you may lose your life. Our children and our families, and this has been a generational issue, have had to deal with so much. And this is not to say that um, other races have not. However, this community within the South Shore community um, is very um, much African-American and centered in um, as far as the growth and the efforts of this community um, go from being young individuals 
you know, as that are school age, all the way to the seniors. We have a very large senior community, which means they could be listening and very familiar with coming, their families, hearing their families and the stories and the ancestors giving such rich uh, stories and information about what happened during slavery and then living through Jim Crow themselves and now moving into the Black Lives Matter movement and era and dealing with and having gone through Reaganism and mass incarceration and now having to deal with the family and the balance. That right there in itself, I said it all without breathing. Now imagine someone in the one family that went through it all. Absolutely. And had to have that um, that level of stability through the PTSD, through the the wars, and having you know your sons being sent off to um, to a war, and you know you're not sure if they're going to come home. The mother, you know, is dealing with that. So there are several different um, issues that, as individuals and as families and as communities, we face and deal with. And I I thank you for coming on and just continuing to share and giving a breath of life and energy into this conversation because just our last episode, the same exact thing was said. So I hope listeners, you all are hearing that it is time for us to move into change, change activism and growth. And when I say change, I mean, it is time for us to put our arms around our issues. Not that we just up and decide to change them without the education, the information, the research and the background, which is what we're doing right now, having this awesome conversation because PTSD is real. So if you could, just share with us a little bit of coping mechanisms. Um, PTSD is very real. Racism is real. Poverty is is very real. And we'll talk about that even more. Um, But just some coping mechanisms to deal with um, that may not be of mainstream. I I understand, you know, and and can appreciate what works for some may not work for others. Um, And we all can, but we just want to be able to leave our listeners and our families with something that can either help them as individuals or help our students. As you know, our students are um, closing up and finishing up the school year, a school year that was done almost 100% behind the screen in the house. Um, some students completely cooped up behind a computer during virtual learning. So what are some different um, coping mechanisms um, that could help our families and our listeners um, deal with this? Well, probably one of the main ones is to understand the mental health problems in terms of depression, anxiety, um, just some people even have agoraphobia, fear of going outside. I mean, it could be just a myriad of challenges there, but you have to recognize whether or not it is situational that you're dealing with or whether you're really having a chemical issue with it. And again, I believe I said in the beginning, mental health is you know divided up between the situational issues, like I saw somebody getting killed, or the chemical where you're just laughing and having a good time and all of a sudden like a wet blanket comes over you and all of a sudden you're sad and depressed. I mean, you could be at the comedy club and then you start crying, okay? So you have to be able to recognize, does this keep happening to me? Am I, you know, one minute jolly and happy and everything's going well and then just out of nowhere, nobody did anything to me. I just all of a sudden just break down and start crying. 
So to learn in your own body, or if you have children, to begin to question them about whether or not what they're actually experiencing is connected to a particular thing. Your boyfriend left you, you know, you had a car accident, or you're just sitting eating popcorn and we're laughing. Again, so that's the first thing to be able to unlock your mental health challenges, your own mental health challenges. So some of the ways once you can determine if it's situational, you can create some coping strategies by making sure that on a regular basis you're exercising because exercise changes the chemical balance in our brains, the certain chemicals that are up there as well as well, this might be a technical term, but neurotransmitters go off in our brain, right? And they either connect or they misfire. And so exercise continually, not walking your dog where you're stopping, but continual aerobic exercise does help lift up the mood. And that's very helpful in terms of just generally a situation that is making you sad or depressed. So that's one way to do that. Um, go to a class on self-esteem. If you've noticed that you're having a lot of negative self-talk, you can't do something or everybody's talking about you, whatever that is, you can try to find a class on self-esteem or there's nothing wrong with calling a therapist to just say, I want to work on self-esteem issues. Um, you can change your diet. That's another thing. We have a really bad problem in the African-American community with our diet and again a lot of it comes from poverty right from slavery where we took those same traditional food groups and foods and moved them forward into where we are right now because our grandparents or whatever moved us into that and so we're still doing things like cooking greens until they slither in our mouth and instead of having them crunch so paying attention to our diets and really working on that will help with even the chemical problems that go on with mental health problems. There's also acupuncture. If you really aren't getting where you want to be with that, you can try acupuncture. Um, and also a functional medicine doctor is always helpful too. Most people don't know about functional medicine doctors. They're the doctors who go to school two extra years to learn about root causes of problems. So if your problem turns out to be chemical, you can go to a functional medicine doctor and they'll tell you what you're missing in your diet that might be causing increased depression or anxiety. But primarily, as far as coping strategies is concerned, you might be able to get your anger and depression up by doing protesting. That's a good form of being able to cope with the problems that are happening and getting it out of your mind and to really do something or try to feel like you're doing something about the challenge. So, you know, coping strategies have to be basically designed by each individual person, but there are ways to get beyond it. I would say PTSD, you don't, coping strategies aren't gonna help a whole lot, but they will relieve some of the pressure of the trauma, especially if you have actually experienced something traumatic, even a car accident can be traumatic. So. You know, as far as coping with those things and you start having dreams about it and all that, again, use a journal and start writing some of that stuff out. Don't let it just stay in you where you're just doing the internal dialogue about it. Actually, if you don't feel like you want to go to a therapist, journal about it, write about it, get it out of you. And then hopefully you'll find your way to somebody who can help you 
come through that. I hope mm -hmm. that answered your question. It certainly did. It certainly did. Um, I'm sure that it answered my question and a lot of listeners as well. And we just want to thank you. Um, don't you all think we're going to have to have her back? I am so excited with everything that you have shared with us. I have pages of notes. I wish I could type faster. <laughs> But um, this, this has, it's, it's been enlightening, it's been educational, it's um, just been a breath of fresh air to be able to know that a lot of the things that we are thinking in our community is, is real and it's documented and, um, and, and actually researched behind it. And so I hope all of you all have something that you were able to take away and that you were able to get from this conversation. We will continue on with our Mental Health Awareness Month throughout the episode and throughout the rest of the month. But thank you so much for stopping by, for speaking with us. And is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, in particular, because my work with children, I want to make sure that parents, especially African-American South, thought I used to live in South Shore, um okay. children you have to discuss our history with our children they need to have a deeper understanding of what they're going to be what they might be feeling currently and they'll be able to put it in a broader context so we must discuss what has happened to us as a race of people and then we have to give our children the gift of self-esteem and the tools to know that they can overcome any obstacle but they have to be able to be able to envision that for themselves as parents, we can give them all the support they need to try out things to become whoever they want to be and designed to be by God, but they need to be able to understand their history. Otherwise, this makes no sense to them, what's going on around them, and it's going to destroy their self-esteem and hinder them from moving forward. And we'll have another generation that's able to just not see each other to the point where it's okay to kill somebody. So, you know, let's try to give our kids our history, how nasty it is, but to educate them and let them know they can come to you and get more information and we might prevent their mental health challenges from being as intense as ours is today. <laughs>